Hold Me Closer, Robitussin. Is avulity, dextromethorphan, bupropion, something new in depression treatment? Basic science, deftly applied, combined old compounds to bring us the most promising oral antidepressant in 60 years by O. Scott Muir, MD. This is the Frontier Psychiatrist Podcast, and I'm your narrator and writer. This has been a nostalgia-heavy week. Not only did I get to eat at my favorite burrito restaurant from my days at Amherst College, but I got to think about robo-tripping again. First, a moment of full disclosure. Bueno Isano has the best burritos. Sauteed spinach and garlic. The best burrito, hands down. It's something about that combination, noted even on the menu, written in chalk, this remarkably simple combination of spinach and garlic as one especial burrito. So special, in fact, that 20 years later, this is still a go-to for me. You probably thought I was going to disclose that I did some robo-tripping in college. You would be incorrect. I did not. This is not to say robo-tripping wasn't an activity of choice among my classmates. To quote the poster advertising one particularly lively party, let's bust the tuss. Shame that never became a song. At this point, for all of my health executive readership who presumably didn't hang out with the degenerates and alt-rock bands to get to the C-suite, I will define terms. Robo-tripping is what young people call it when they ingest a lot of dextromethorphan, brand name Robitussin, and get really, really high. This used to be a bargain basement way to get wasted. It was pretty dangerous, mostly because if you accidentally took the common combinations of Robitussin and Guaifenesin, you get sick or die. The Tylenol that was sometimes included can also be deadly in overdose. Bespoke burritos and college-era chicanery aside, dextromethorphan made a big comeback in the pharmaceutical trade news this week. The FDA approved a new treatment for depression. It's called avulity. It's a rapid-acting treatment for depression. It turns out to be a combination of two drugs that have been around for a hell of a long time. One of them is bupropion, which we've known as Wellbutrin forever. The other, to the surprise of many, is our old friend dextromethorphan, the cough suppressant. Can this be some exciting new thing when it's really just two old things? Well, here's where it gets really exciting for me from a nostalgia perspective. I spent a significant amount of time in my life as an MCAT teacher for Kaplan. Hepatic, that's in the liver, metabolism didactics are the kind of walk down memory lane that most people only get rarely like when they run into their Midsummer Night's Dream co-star from freshman year at the 20th high school reunion and realize they've had so much more in common than they ever knew. There is an opportunity waiting right here with an expectant audience of the several dozen people who find this very specific column entertaining for our narrator, oh, Scott Muir. This is basically the one time he gets to walk into any virtual room and feel like the Fonz, or maybe Julius Caesar triumphantly crossing the Rubicon. Finally, at long last, O. Scott gets to be cool for the first time since his 1995 turn as Puck. With my deepest condolences to everyone who endured rap slash metal. Dextromethorphan is a compound we've had around for a while 
and it was something, and is something, kids right now are using to get high. This article is not about getting high. It is about a new medicine, a very different use case. Others have explained this in ways I have found boring and uninspired. So this new drug, it works on the NMDA glutamate receptor. I know it sounds a lot like MDMA. It's one letter different, but it's an important letter. This is not the first rabbit-acting antidepressant chemical that the pharmaceutical research world has brought to market. That sentence was supposed to say rapid-acting, but rabbit-acting is way funnier. It's also the kind of thing that is funny when you're loopy. Ketamine. Kids cooler than me used to have fun at parties to which I was not invited. How genuinely uncool I was may seem like a joke. It's not. I was really not cool. I never used to have any recreational drugs in my life. I never got invited to those sort of parties. Okay, maybe now I get invited to some of those sort of parties, but it's sponsored by pharma and I have to disclose the value of all the snacks made available to me. Let's talk about snacks. Let me explain receptors without having to be completely obtuse. Doritos, they taste really good. They taste a lot. It's an extremely strong taste because chemical engineers have done an amazing job of making the powder all over those damn chips extremely potent. What does potent Dorito flavor mean in a scientific context? It means it fits just right on your tongue. Extreme flavor. Your tongue has taste buds. It has a variety of different kinds of taste buds. Some taste buds are like Lego blocks and others are like Duplo blocks. Lego blocks click into Lego blocks, Duplo blocks click into Duplo blocks. So flavors from food fit into the taste buds on your tongue. And the better the fit, the more intense the taste. This is a sweeping generalization, but it's good enough to, for one to get the picture. The neurons in your brain work a heck of a lot like your taste buds, but they have two kinds of receptors generally. One type of receptor is hooked up to equipment that makes things happen pretty quickly. Another type of receptor turns a crank inside the cell that can make a bunch of other things happen, but axiomatically, not as quickly. Anything that's gonna lead to neurons firing more right now has to happen pretty quickly. The brain has some fire now neurotransmitters, which we haven't heard a lot about until recently. Glutamate is the primary excitatory, that means neurons fire more, neurotransmitter in the brain all of the oral antidepressants you're used to hearing about and then getting so disappointed by when they don't work particularly well for a lot of people worked on things other than glutamate. Glutamate is like rocket fuel in that you don't really want to just dump fire on it because it's gonna lead to a lot of sparks. So the slow and steady approach, drugs that took weeks and months to work, thanks to downstream changes and downregulation of this and that, that's what we use till now. Prozac, Zoloft, Wellbutrin, Remeron. It's like a walk down memory lane for heavily marketed drugs with associated mugs and pens for doctor's offices. Those drugs didn't do things now, more or less, because they didn't interact with the glutamate system directly. Glutamate makes neurons fire now. I hope we're clear on that. Without getting too much into the weeds, one of those types of glutamate receptors has the following long name, N-methyl-D-aspartate receptor. 
N-M-D-A. See? Not too hard. Just making something complicated to say shorter. This is 98% of progress in science, by the way. Acronyms. The way glutamate makes cells fire now, as opposed to later, is that glutamate and the receptor to which it binds, the taste buds of your neurons, have one specific function. There are a lot of ways of regulating that function, but it basically just opens a gate. Charged ions, in this case calcium, can flow through that open gate, and we have the magic of depolarization, which is the science term for changing the voltage inside of a cell fast enough for all the other channels, which are based on voltage differences inside versus outside the cell, all to fly open at once. When this happens, a neuron fires. And that process is called an action potential. I have an entire other article on that stuff, and I'm not going to bore you with it now. Something fast happens. Nobody wants to take a drug and wait for two weeks to get high. Not when you're trying to party in college, they don't. That would take planning, and college kids, they are terrible at planning in advance. But my college peers at a certain New England liberal arts college did have a pretty good sense of what worked quickly. That's why drugs like those that bind to the NMDA receptors are so popular among college kids. Brain cells firing now equals excitement. Too much of that can equal bad things, but just enough of it can mean alterations of consciousness, euphoria, and other effects that happen promptly. Ketamine works on the NMDA receptor, among other mechanisms. Dextromethorphan works on the NMDA receptor. The first fast-acting antidepressant drug approved by the FDA is esketamine, aka Spravato, and it's an intranasal formulation of the anesthetic agent ketamine. It's an NMDA receptor drug. Ketamine, it's a now thing. Both of these medicines actually antagonize binding sites on the NMDA receptor. So it's a regulating a now thing. The most important thing to understand is that it is rapid effects because these are ion, aka calcium, gated channels. And lo and behold, our new dextromethorphan bupopion combo pill has an FDA label that indicates it can work on depression as quickly as one week. I grant you, this isn't now. It's a hell of a lot faster than we are used to seeing with drugs that don't work this way. Is nothing good enough for you people? This is why I didn't want to go to your dumb parties anyway, Delta Kappa Epsilon. Oh, we're halfway there. Whoa, oh, dosing on a prayer. We are halfway there because dextromethorphan is half of the pill, and faster is only half of the story. To be clear, you can't just drink Robitussin and have it be an antidepressant. Bupropion is not part of this pill because it's an antidepressant, or not mostly. If you wanted it to be an antidepressant, you could have just taken Welbutrin in the first place, probably at higher doses than what is in the new pill. There is a special interaction that happens when you take these two compounds together. That interaction is the magic that turns short-acting getting high on cough syrup and turns it into a rapid-acting antidepressant that works faster than every other pill. I'm not going to make a quick as a bunny joke. I have a sense of restraint. I will inhibit myself just like Pepro Brand does. It's alchemy, 
more concretely, it's a mashup song. Mashup songs take ingredients from other songs, but the resultant outcome of that mixing is more than the sum of its parts. Girl Talk, for example, is an unbelievable mashup artist who makes the dance floor go wild. I think it's fairly safe to say that the level of danceability of any given Girl Talk mashup is significantly higher than whatever rap song and rock anthem went into the musical blender in the first place. There is a meaningful interaction between the cut pieces of music that makes something completely new out of two old things. You could mix red and blue paint together and you'll get purple. We all agree purple is not the same as red and is not the same as blue. In the liver, it's where the magic happens. Our livers are constantly creating chemical mashups. And just as some combinations lead to hotter dance tracks than others, so too does the combo of these drugs allow something totally new as an outcome. So bupropion, it doesn't just work in the brain. That is the hot trick here. It works in the liver. And what it does in the liver is slow down how dextromethorphan is metabolized so that a very little bit of it, way below college kid raucous party amounts, can stay in your body way longer before being itself broken down in the liver. It's so slow that it has an entirely different uses unlocked by this process. The bupropion allows for dextromethorphan remix. What was a relatively high dose needed for a short-lived compound becomes a long-lasting compound capable of antidepressant effects that work fast are relatively safe, last a while, and don't mean people taking it are constantly wasted. It's basically a completely different drug when it's allowed by its collab with bupropion to stick around. Just as the breakdown of a pop song can make it really pop, so too can the inhibition of metabolic breakdown of one drug change the utility of another. Perhaps they should have brought this drug to market like a pop star doing a collaboration with a rapper. Dextromethorphan feet, rupropion. Girl, don't be sad no more. It takes two to make a thing go right. DJ Easy Rock and Rob Bass miss their calling. Why be mere hip hop artists when they could have been in direct to consumer pharmaceutical marketing? In order to create Avulity, the first rapid-acting oral antidepressant, it took two medications interacting in a way that hadn't been done before. It took two. The combination is as different as purple is from blue and red. It's as different as pop songs that feature T-Pain plus autotune and pop songs that do not. You know me, convict music that people I'm not close at three. It took two to make inhibiting a liver enzyme go right. It's something different, and this is welcome news to people with severe depression who have to wait forever, or at very best, had to come in for expensive and time consuming procedural treatments like ECT and TMS, as the options have been limited. Pharma companies seem to take perverse pleasure when their ads predictably say, ask your doctor about another option for depression. But in this case, it's actually true and faster acting on the timescale of a week, not months. It's an option to have your depression be better fast, like a singular week, 
not six to eight weeks plural, not 16 weeks to have full effect. This option didn't exist in oral medications before this medication mashup came together. It takes two to make it out of sight. In summary, the combination of dextromethorphan and bupropion creates a rapid-acting antidepressant. This happens through the alchemy of bupropion, making a small dose of dextromethorphan working at NMDA receptor so it's speedy, lasts so much longer than it could have otherwise that it does something new. Alchemy never turned lead into gold, but biochemistry turning old medicine combinations into new hope. That's what it's doing. I haven't been this excited for a mashup since I heard about Elton John and Britney Spears collaborating on Tiny Dancer just last week. Everything old is new again, but combinations can be better than we remembered. By the way, I was so excited when I read this paper, I immediately took a photo of the results to text to my psychiatrist wife. Some things are just better together. O. Scott Muir, MD. Disclosure. I'm not paid to say anything about this drug and have never taken money from the maker of this drug. I've never even had lunch on them. This isn't a virtue per se, just no conflict to disclose. Full disclosure, I am a contracted key opinion leader advisory committee member with Janssen on the Spervato product, thus my limited things to say in this column. Thanks for listening. I'm Owen Scott Muir, MD, and I am your writer and narrator and producer. So this show is a podcast, which is thefrontierpsychiatrist.substack.com. 